You are listening to Right at the Fork, and I am Chris Angeles. I also have a company by the name of Portland Food Adventures. I would like you to check out if you're ever interested in going to Spain, more specifically Barcelona, and even more specifically with a chef like Jose Chesa from Ataula. Check out Portland Food Adventures' website, look at our PFA International tab, and see about our trip in September, which um, we would love to have you take with us. We've got just a few seats left, and it's going to be a very special week in Barcelona with Chef Jose going to his favorite places, eating with him, and uh, enjoying time with a small group. So that being said, we're here with our podcast, and we're glad you joined us today. I think we have a really fun, one of our most fun podcasts yet. We've been doing this for 16 months now, 17 months, and um, I really enjoyed our talk with Jamie Curl, who runs and owns Quinn Candy. You may also know her from St. Cupcake, which she owned and where she baked for many years before selling that business to the folks at Serato, as a matter of fact. Um, and now she's concentrating full-time on Quinn Candy. That business is almost two years old, and uh, she has some of the most interesting flavors, delicious flavors. She's an imaginative person. She knows how to uh, she she knows how to make candy. She knows how to market it. And uh, you're going to hear a little bit today about how she got to how she got to Portland and what she's done since she's been here, and uh, why she, her magic sprinkle fingers are all over everything she makes. And I think you'll get the you'll get the vibe here in this interview with Jamie Curl of Quinn Candy. That's a sweet hug when it's a candy hug. Do I look like I need a hug today? No, I think you look I'm all, perfectly happy. Yeah, it's today I'm okay. <laughs> some days I need them, I'll call you or I'll let you know. All right, I'll come over, bring some candy, give you a hug. Oh, well, there you go. Then I'm going to purposely <laughs> have a bad day. You don't have to wear those, by the way, if, you, if you're uncomfortable with no, them. No, I kind of like it. You do? Yeah. I mean, how often do I get to do stuff like this? Not that often. Exactly. Right? They look good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and you are, could have told you you didn't need to do much with your hair today because you're going to stick it. <laughs> Headphones on. I do a lot with my hair every day. That's my style. How long does that take you in the morning? No time. There you go. No time. So yeah. it leaves time for, for work and family. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, usually I try to time it out. If I have time for a shower, then I feel like I am, I'm like, that's Oh, like that's my a good day when you have time yeah, for like a shower? I took a shower today. Well, I was going to say, you have a re- relaxation day because you smelled good when we were hugging. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. That's, I'm sure. That was very kind of you. Yeah. <laughs> the hug and the shower. So um, it's great to have you here. I've, I've, we've never met, but no. I've certainly been eating your candy lately, and I had your cupcakes when you were making cupcakes. Yeah. Thank you. From way back when. Way back when. When I, first dis- when I first moved to Portland, there was this really cool cupcake place. And, oh, man. Um, and For brought sure. them home to my kids, <laughs> and we were all in heaven. And when did you move to Portland? 2005. Oh. It was a, a little bit after that. It yeah. took me a while to venture out. So I was told... When I visited mm-hmm. Portland to scope it out as a place to live, I was told by the concierge at the at the then the Fifth Avenue Suites yes. Hotel. Yes. When I asked him what was on the other side of the river, not that you were, but yeah. don't go over there; it's dangerous. That's what he told me. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the reasons I started Portland Food Adventures because I thought that was a cool. There had to be other ways to f- to scope out the Portland food scene sure. other than the concierges. Yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah. At the time. Then now I learned, you know, now there are a lot of, right. lot of ways yeah. to but do Portland it. Portland was a little bit different. I moved here in 1997, which is like an entire lifetime ago at this yes, point, I it feel seems like. like that seems there was like no Pearl District. There was, I mean, it was before Portland had any kind of like true food scene. It was really interesting. Lately, I have been... Working with a friend of mine, actually working, but a friend of mine that I moved to, I moved to Portland with from Ohio, and we have been thinking, let's go back to the places we went when we first moved here, food-wise, because mm-hmm. it's, it's like the OG. What were those? Like, well, we used to go to NoHo's, the Hawaiian place in Clinton, mm-hmm. all the time. And you know what else was like the big deal to do was to go to the montage, you know, where they wrap your leftovers up in the tinfoil and it's in a shape no of like idea. a mermaid or a snail my, no. or a sword or something. Yeah. Oh, coming from Ohio, that was exciting. <laughs> oh, my God. When I moved here, I was a vegetarian also, and you, uh, it was like the promised land. I had never seen anything like it. It was when there was a store here called Nature's, and it was before 
new seasons, like, you know, the whole whole deal that mm-hmm. happened. And I was like, they sell tofu. This is the most amazing place I've ever been in my life. And, I and they probably here. have a few different varieties, too. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't have to explain what a vegetarian was. When it, I was in Ohio, like small town Ohio, everyone's like, now which one is that? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. So. Uh- I just, uh, first of all, 19, I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday about 1997. Yes. That was kind of a pivotal year in my life. You're, th- just for perspective's yeah. sake, that's when uh, Diana Spencer was killed. Yes. Just to, so that was, yeah. it f- seems like a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, I was I mean, road we're tripping. we're dealing with her grandchildren I now. was road tripping to Portland when that happened. Oh, you were? Yeah. So yeah. you were scoping it yeah, out? Yeah, I was in Santa Cruz, California when we were, when that, when we were on our way here. Yeah. So what? So what brought you to Portland? That's I a nice segue to that. I read an article in the Ashtabula Star Beacon, which was the local paper in the town I'm from in Ohio, that said it was a travel article, and it said Portland, Oregon, a city raised on coffee, beer, and books. Wow, back then, had never been here before. Had I mean, you know, didn't I was just had you know had just finished college. Had the world was my oyster. What do I want to do? So just said, let's go to that place. I'm going to say that yeah. the, a lot of Portlanders are really glad that that article ran in Ashtabula <laughs> because if it was L.A., then right. a lot more people would have been here. Co- coffee, beer. Yep. Well, no, just coffee, beer, and books. Yeah. That's pretty attractive to yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and it still is the case, but yep. now it's coffee, beer, food, food. and uh, books, and there's more, yeah. too. It's yeah. not just that. Yeah. So, Outdoors, all that stuff. So what yeah. was the process of moving here? How did you... Uh, you so you you were in Ohio. You yeah. somehow were in Santa Cruz. Yeah, I was in Ohio. And by the way, where's Ashtabula? It's in the northeast corner of Ohio on Lake Erie. Okay, so I'm really so from you're near Geneva. Cleveland. Yeah, we're like 45 minutes east of Cleveland. I I went to school in Marietta, Ohio. Um, you did? Yeah. Did I you? went to school in Athens. Oh, in Athens. Yes. Okay. Well, you were the bigger school. <laughs> But I, I only was there one semester, and I had oh. to get out. I just oh. I couldn't stand it. You know, down there, it's At like that the foothills of, of the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. It's really an it was a really interesting place to experience life for four years. I have to say, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't regret it at all, and I liked being that removed. But it was it, it put something in me that caused me to want to like swim to larger things. Yeah, sure. well, I'm going to say it probably wasn't as much culture shock for you. No. Because at least it was Ohio. Yes. <laughs> I was coming from the East Coast. And, yeah. you know, I remember, you know, yeah. 18, how old? 18, yeah, how old college. am I? No, 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 oh. me. I was just in college <laughs> in Marietta and going, you know, a uh, little hungover maybe. Yeah. And we couldn't even, the drinking age, we had to go to Parkersburg, I think, to get alcohol. Yes. And um, I remember going in to get cigarettes. These are the days where I was smoking and and going into the convenience store and uh, just kind of being hung over and just scratching my head, wanting a pack of Camel Lights. And, hi, sir, how are you this morning? It was so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I immediately thought, this isn't for me. And it didn't take long for me to, to get out. But, um, <sighs> but Ohio, I brought my kids back in uh, 2002. We were taking mm-hmm. some cross-country trips yeah. that landed us out here. And I had, uh, it's actually, I wrote about it and some really interesting, fun things about Marietta, Ohio. And I will put on our um, show notes that blog because it's pretty, you you will enjoy it, the the story of my kids and driving down there. I have to say, you know, I go back to Ohio every year, um, every summer, and I bring my kid. And he thinks that Ohio is like a vacation destination. (laughs) He's, you know, would pick it over Hawaii. He loves it there. And it's because, you know, thunderstorms, lightning bugs. Well, my mom and my dad both died when I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And so my an aunt, I have an, an aunt and an uncle who live in Ohio, and that's who we go and visit. You know, like this year, my kid is going to go to theater camp, and they have one of those theaters that still exists. It's in a barn in our town in Ohio. So he's going to go to theater camp there for a couple of weeks, and I'll just go back and do my Ohio thing. But Are you leaving him there for two weeks, or are you no, going to be there the whole, there the whole time. time? Yeah. Yeah, which is like a vacation, which will be really crazy. So Ohio's a vacation for yeah, you, too. Yeah, every year I, like, I go and I love it. And I have to say, like, I'll put photos on Instagram or, like, you know, send pictures back to people here. And they're like, I want to go on a trip to Ohio with you because it seems like the most magical place. And I think it's just because I think it. I mean, I love it there. I was going to say it's because of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not. No, it's not the thing. It's just I think that it's a little bit contagious because I just, you know, I pick out the things that I like to do and I obviously like to eat and I like to go seek out things that are delicious. And, you know, 
the, the food's different in Ohio for certain. And, but like a roadside sloppy Joe, yes, please, I'll take it. So, and, and so, do your does your mindset a little different now going back to Ohio with your knowledge, the knowledge that you have, and the experiences that you've had in Portland? Yes, uh, it's harder to eat elsewhere yes. now. I find it's you're, yeah, shopping, you're, you food shopping expectations. for sure. Food oh, shopping God, for sure the, is the markets is a completely different thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the the first of all, well, they probably do this in Ohio. But the fact that after every transaction, they ask if you found everything you needed and do you need help out with that? <laughs> That's similar to that Ohio experience I was talking yeah. about. It took yeah. me about a year to yeah. just not be almost like, you don't need to ask me that. I can Obviously, I can carry this stuff out. I think that I still have a little bit of that Midwest hospitality in me because I would probably offer to carry your stuff for you <laughs> without even, you know, with no, re- no reason to do it at all. But it is a... It, it everything is different, and let, I mean, and the one nice thing about the part of Ohio that I'm from is that there are a lot of farmers there, so you can stop at their little roadside stand and pick up stuff. And they, you know, Hungarian hot peppers, which grow like by the bazillions in Ohio, which I love to pickle. So some of the stuff I get really excited about, like tomatoes and bacon pies and things like that. Like farm stuff is great, but bacon then you go pie. into the baking pies, not bacon. Baking. Pies. I, I'll okay. make a bacon pie, no problem, but baking pies. But you know, to roll into the Geneva Giant Eagle. You're not, you know, they still call tortillas wraps there, so it's a little different. Yeah, but there's, <laughs> I see, yes, I yeah. see that out here. Yeah. Last summer, I took my kid to the grocery store there, the Giant Eagles, what it's called, and we walked inside, and he looked around, and he turned and looked at me, and he said, are we in a food museum? Because it's, you know, so many things in packages. It was one of my proud, <laughs> proudest it, moments as a mom, I well, have to say. And now you're selling food <laughs> packages, too. Uh-huh. I so. am. It's true. So yes. what what happened back there in uh, in Ohio to cause you to be where you are today? Do you do you remember any specific oh, moment? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I got my first job when I was twelve, and it was the summer was the summer I was turning twelve, and it was at the Geneva Dairy Delight, and I scooped ice cream, and well, I scooped ice cream for a little bit, and then do you remember what you made? Yeah, clear as a bell. Yes, yes. So turtle Sunday. Oh no, no, fun. I meant oh. money. How much? <laughs> Two dollars and. Two dollars and eighteen cents an hour the first summer that I worked. Okay, because I my, and I also remember the first food thing that I made. But a, yeah, a lot of girls <laughs> that I knew in junior high school uh-huh. or high school, I guess they had to be in high school, were scooping for Baskin Robbins, and I oh. remember, I think they were paid a dollar eighty-seven an hour. Yeah, then it, and that was below minimum wage. I think it was two fifty then, but for whatever reason they were able to. Oh, because of the tips. Exactly. That's why. So dollar yes. eighty-seven an hour. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, I loved it. I loved that job. It was what I wanted, you know, like I wanted to work in food. I wanted to serve ice cream in that summer. You know, I worked in the ice, like did ice cream for a couple of weeks. And then they're like, try to run the fryer. <laughs> so I'm like 12 years old, run the deep fryer, which, you know. That's a said, pretty big responsibility. There's some. I've always been a really hard worker and really willing to learn and to do whatever. And I think that that was helpful in it. And so, yeah, when I wasn't... So is that genetic or environmental, the hard worker? It is genetic, for sure. So what did your parents parents. do? My mom, um, before she had my sister and I, she worked for a telephone company. She was like an operator. And then then she moved up within the company and then she sold, sold like ads in the phone book, right? Mm -hmm. And then my sister and I were born, so she kind of retired. My dad... He was a graphic designer. He uh, was in psychological operations in Vietnam, and he printed leaflets that they dropped on Vietnam. So he did all the graphic design for that kind of stuff. And oh, then cool. once the war was over, came back to the States, and he uh, basically was like a headhunter and a troubleshooter at printing plants. So we traveled around. We moved a lot when I was little, and he basically just ran printing plants. You know, it was stuff that, you know, uh, the menu board at a Burger King or the stickers on a Trek bicycle, stuff like that. Places they had that Trek bicycles kind of back then? Oh, I didn't realize they totally. were that old. Totally. So, so d- in do you have my... any of those leaflets? Do you still have any? Yeah, yeah. In my, be... in my baby book, which is the weirdest thing in the world, but yes. The Vietnamese leaflets. Mm-hmm. That's pretty very fascinating. cool. Yeah. So he, you know, and I think that between the moving, which gave my sister and I both a lot of adaptability, because it was always like a new school, new friends to make, that kind of thing. So I was have always really been pretty outgoing and easy to talk to and very approachable and also would approach anybody. So that, you know, has been something that's helped a lot or has sort of 
formed who I am. Is that where the hugging came from? Yeah, I love hugging. I love it. I love it. (laughs) You had to to start hugging at an early age to make friends. I know a lot of people who are totally not into hugging and their bodies, you know, real stiff when I approach and I, you know, I still go for it. (laughs) My father, my father was a hugger. My mother was not. Uh So it's interesting how that. Yeah. How that goes. Um, so where else in the country? You weren't just moving around to hire. You were living all over the place. When yeah, you were a kid. Texas and Georgia, North Carolina, various places in Ohio, uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut. So wh- Florida. Were, were there any of those that appealed to you most? You know where I really love. This is so funny. I'm gonna guess. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm just guessing in my mind. Florida. No, that's not. <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> Which you know, coming being here now. Everybody is into Hawaii, and I've been to Hawaii, but I have to say, I kind of enjoy Florida more. What is, is it about so Florida funny. that you like? You know, I really like uh, stuff like peel and eat shrimp and buying stuff on the side of the road from a guy that's like fishing, you know? Mm-hmm. And Florida is rampant with that, and right. I like that. I, I like that a lot. So I think that that's part of it. My dad lived in Cocoa Beach when he died, and I just really had a lot of good memories of that's that. That's like, Dream of Teeny territory, right? Yes. That's where that show took yes. place, Cocoa Beach. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I Dream you of Genie. Court, do you have the I Dream of Genie? Can you look that up, that theme song? Because it would be great. I'd love it right now. Then, no, that's not even it. That's the Flintstones. Um, so we were talking about how you got to Portland yeah. and got diverted back yeah. to Ohio. So. so I've been around places and then um, worked in Ohio for a long, you know, through college. And then... Decided to come to Portland. And so I was in France for the summer before I moved here and then flew to San Francisco, met up with my friend who I moved from Ohio to Portland with. We met there and then we drove from San Francisco up to Portland. So your friend went based on the article on the... Yeah, we were sitting in her parents' kitchen when we read it. Oh, you both read it together. Yeah. and so, Oh, that yeah. must have been interesting. So yeah. you were both... As you just as you're writing the article, did your eyes light up and look at each other? Yeah. Like, did one of it you was, hand it to the other and said, we "Read were, this"? We were, you know, I believe what we were eating at the time is a bowl of chocolate chip cookies that were broken into pieces with milk poured over top of it and eating it like cereal. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> very. This is tinny. perfect for you. <laughs> it sounds just like what you're doing Basically, now. Basically, nothing has changed really. So we, yeah, we read, we were reading it together, sitting like basically right next to each other reading it. And then it was like clear as a bell. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to go there. So yeah, we, we drove up to Portland and we stayed at a motel six in Lake Oswego for a, a week. Mm-hmm. And then we found an apartment on the corner of 16th and Yamhill downtown by where like they play soccer now. Mm-hmm. And we lived there. Oh Lord, for years in a studio apartment. And then we upgraded to a one bedroom. We thought it was like big time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how it happened. And so what did you do? What did you do for work when you first got here? <clears throat> I worked for U.S. Bank. Oh, my yes. bank. Yeah, um, which was an interesting thing. It was one of my first jobs that I had that wasn't necessarily food related in some way because all through. But they have cookies at the lo- in the lobby yeah, all the time. Yeah, all I, worked in the, I, I worked in the pink building downtown in Portland. Mm-hmm. I worked in that building, which was interesting in itself. You know, the whole thing is not, it was definitely like fish out of water. But like I said before, I kind of will, I, I like to learn and I'm, you know, pretty eager and willing. So it, uh, it, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun while I did it. But then I had, there were definite things that were missing from, you know, my experience, like my life. And so food was one of them because I had really worked summer jobs through, I mean, from the age of 12 until I graduated from college in some form of food or another. So. Where'd you go to college? Ohio University. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Athens. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. That's okay. Didn't put two and two together. There you go. It takes a college education. Um, <laughs> so I worked at the bank and, uh. My friend Stephanie worked for Boyd's Coffee, so we just had our like peaceful, like cool new Portland existence together for a little while, and then I uh, stopped working at the bank and got a job at an engineering firm in the marketing department. Hmm. And I wrote proposals and like pitched our, mar- you know, our engineering firm as the best people to build the wastewater treatment plant, which was also <laughs> an interesting, <laughs> interesting experience. And I. Wrapped that up and taught. Were you good at that? Yeah. You know, yes, I was. Because I like to write. And so I think, and that's what a large part of marketing is, is that, you know, like, 
formulating a way to convince a person that what you have is the best choice to make, basically. And so, yeah, it was fun. In the best possible words without misleading yeah. people. Yeah. To get as close as you can to the cell without... Yeah. Well, okay, so then there's no pace. I'm not hearing any, I'm not hearing any sugar yet. There, well, so. okay, so I'll tell you that. Through college, I did a ton of baking and would set, because I was, let's, I, so I studied English and theater. That's what my things were. And I would go to the theater department with my baked goods and sell them to people who were in rehearsal, which was like, I thought, yeah, I'm really making it. <laughs> what a great idea. And so I always had that kind of thing going, that little bit of like a thing on the side of baking or like, yes, I'll make your wedding cake for you or what. You was know. your mom a baker or yeah, your my father? Mom, not to- my mother, my mom, probably more than any baking skill, I inherited from her like a raging sweet tooth. She would hide candy all over our house. Like, she was crazy for candy. And, you know, it was the type of thing where I would wake up in the middle of the night and she would be in the kitchen eating chocolate. And, you know, now I do that and my kid, you know, I go, he, like, calls me into his room in the middle of the night and smells my breath and is like, do you eat chocolate when I go to bed? It's like, that's the biggest parent secret. Yeah, It's I supposed to be the other way around. You're supposed to be nailing him <laughs> know, on that. I know, it's the, it's, yeah, it's kind of the worst. But, yeah, so it was always kind of mixed in there. But my grandmother... On my dad's side, her name is Dot. And, you know, we um, at St. Cupcake, they have those little tiny cupcakes, and they're called Dots, and mm-hmm. those are named after her. So uh, she is the one that I learned the most from. And actually, she just died last summer, and I was still calling her to, like, get tips on stuff because she was so smart about stuff. And it wasn't, she didn't, you know, wasn't trained or anything, but she made tons of candy all the time, all year round. And I remember, I mean, you know, the... She was the like greatest person to visit because she had a kitchen filled with stuff. So she did made. she come visit you out here? Did you send your product out there? What? Both of those things, and you know, how cool she was, was it for she, you to wrap that stuff up and send it back to her? The best with your label, with your a logo. The best, yeah. the best feeling. And she, you know, was one hundred percent my largest supporter. Always, I may start crying. So she, you know, and she believed so much in what I wanted to do, and you know, as the kind of person. I think that no matter how strong you are on the inside, you still need one or a couple of outside sources to confirm and to push you along and to support like, system. Yeah, yeah. And she was, you know, she's that for me. Still is that for me. But she's on your shoulder when you're cooking for sure. And you know, I have bazillion of like she saved everything and probably was a type that did like duplicates of her index cards with her recipes on it. <laughs> you know, and then they're all in like little plastic sleeves, like very. And so I have all of that now. Yeah. But she's, yeah, she was great. She was, she had a friend that she used to, her named Bernice, and they would, you know, team up at Christmas time and make every type of stinking candy that you could ever imagine. So from like lime meltaways to turtles and stuff like that, which is like the combination of chocolate and caramel. And the love of that I got from her for sure. Well, so you have a real creative bent because if you go to your store. Yeah. It's incredible. Thanks. The different varieties yeah. there and. Yeah. You know, the cherry cola gumdrops, yeah. which I that love part's, now. That part, that part is, that part's really fun. Like figuring out what to do and what to combine. And, you know, I, um, I don't ever make anything that I wouldn't want to eat, which is good and bad about that. But mostly it's all stuff well, that I Well, if you try to please all the people all the time, you can't do that Thank anyway. You. So why not exactly. use yourself as a benchmark? Sure. This is what I'm, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Okay. Yes. So uh, I just want to back up a little yeah. bit. How did you get to St. Cupcake okay. from from the bank? Okay, let me Or no, you. from writing The proposals. engineering firm. Yeah. Engineering. So once the engineering firm had run its course, I decided that I would go to Hungary and teach English. Oh, that's the natural progression. Totally normal. And it was because, you know, here we were, t- like, two, my roommate and I, like, young ladies could do whatever we want. Let's, like, figure something else out. So she went to... Japan and taught English and I wanted to go to, you know, Central Europe. And so I chose to go to Hungary, which I, it was a, it was a very, I was in a tiny town. I'd been given a choice between two towns. Both, I was told, had industry. Both had some sort of factory, but I didn't even ask what type of factory in either town. And the town I ended up choosing was smaller because I thought, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to really do it. No train station, have to take a bus. Like, you know, I'm going to really, like, immerse myself in this. So get to Hungary and find out that I chose the town that has the chicken factory that manufactures all of the chicken for all of the McDonald's of all of Europe. Mm. And the town I could have chosen, a chocolate factory. Oh. Yeah. 
So there's the door number one, <laughs> door number two. <laughs> but it was fun. I taught English. Can I, can I just yeah. do that? Wah, wah, wah. I oh God, for real. I watched yeah. too much TV as a kid. So it was a it was an interesting time. I did a lot. I tried to. Well, let's see. I taught kindergarten through eighth grade English, and then I taught a group of adults who actually worked at the factory. Well, actually, that's probably a good thing that you yeah. ended up there because if you'd been in the town with the chocolate, we may not be here right. today. Yeah. So you, yeah. who knows exactly. what would happened. Everything happens kind of, exactly. kind of for a reason, right? So, yeah. um, so I did that. And then? And then came back. Came back. To Portland. And I worked. With your girlfriend? Did you both rendezvous she, again and she, say, yeah. we're done with this, let's get back to Portland? We did, and we moved back in together. We did. We're so funny. I mean, yeah, we we did. And, you know, after that, things are different, obviously, because you've had this experience where you're, you know, I did a lot of cool stuff in Hungary, and I tried as much as I could to, like, they bake delicious things there, and, you know, I didn't, Hungarian is the least spoken language on the planet, so it's not like I could do much other than... That's my ancestry. I have no clue. It it's also guttural and there's like like it just you know makes zero sense but it was a, it was a good like culturally I, I had never done much of like i went to a situation where they took a live pig and stuck it and it bled to death and then they like processed the entire pig for the whole day and everyone's drinking and there's fires and blood and they're like i mean like whoa crazy mm. stuff that now i'm like <laughs> no <laughs> let me just make these gumdrops instead of Touching that meat. But um, so I came back and I worked at the Oregon State Bar as a marketer. That was the job that I got when I got back here. Uh, and then I thought, well, I could do one of two things. I could maybe bake or I could get my master's degree in public administration. So I went to PSU <laughs> and I got half of a master's degree in public administration. I convinced myself I could be a government office worker. And then I stopped doing that, quit school in August, made the decision to open a bakery, and then open St. Cupcake in November. What year was that? Well, 2005. Oh, okay. Yeah. That coincides. Yeah. For me, yeah. I can, I can, yeah. I discovered you right after you opened. Yeah. Then. Yes. Um, so what did it, well, to go from that to, I'm going to start making cupcakes and do it every day. Yeah. What was that? What do you remember most thinking, I love this? And what do you remember? Here, what thoughts did you have? Like, oh my God, what did I do now? For sure. For sure. It was not. <clears throat> it's like, I would describe it as it was like being pregnant, where you're pregnant and you're not exactly sure. And you have all these ideas of what it's going to be like once you actually do this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then someone hands you a newborn baby and it, you have no clue what's just like, oh, and then you, you know, you don't sleep and you have no idea. And you're like, was it a good idea? I can't give it back. And I'm not sure what to, like, it's like that. So how it had happened is that I looked at my existence and wasn't happy. I didn't want to be in school. I didn't want to be truly like some kind of government worker for the rest of my existence. And at the time, my husband was in a band and he got to do whatever he wanted. And he was traveling and playing shows and basically like Peter Pan syndrome was never going to grow up. And I was always the one working. So I thought, well, I would like to do what I want to do. And that's basically how the bakery started. And so then I just put everything that I had and worked a couple of months to like start this thing and then got in there and was working 20, 20 hours a day, every day. When and you I started, thinking, was it how many employees did you have when you started? Just you. Yeah. I was thought that was the case. Yeah. And and you're doing your marketing too. You have yeah. a marketing bent. So that's an yeah. important part of the yeah. equation. Yeah, yeah. You can't just open St. Cupcake or Quinn Candy and just say I'm really good at making things. I have right. to you have to market it. It's right. in a town when where, you know, if you were in Ashtabula, you would stand no out problem. pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> but here yeah. you're not gonna uh you're not going to stand out. So that's, right. you've brought that to the table yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not to leap ahead, no, but ahead. you have social media wise, you have quite a following. And is that, does that come from the marketing end of it? Does that just become, is that just because you're a wonderful person and people gravitate towards <laughs> you? Is it because, is it because of candy or cupcakes? Because they're the type of things that evoke certain emotions from people. I know, you know, I have a good friend who's got, um, 
modern pizzeria in, in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is mention pizza and 800 people will post anything to their wall. Yeah. Does that happen with you with candy and and cupcakes? Or are they you so know, popular? Social media is such a weird thing. I think that I try to be my authentic self and I don't try to ask for too many things. And I just, I'm a pretty open book. I think I told you that before that, I mean, I'll talk about anything or let you see any part of my life pretty or not. And I think that people respond to that authenticity a little bit because you know I don't like go after followers and like hashtag this and that and try to get people to like I don't ever do anything like that so I just try to be who I am and I think I'm pretty funny and (laughs) I think you are and I I got a kick out of some of your blog posts because it's kind of it's the other side of you it's the and I don't I wouldn't say darker side but it's the less Happy and yeah. sugary side yeah. of you when yeah, you read real your blog. life, yeah. Um, and so you see a little bit what's going on yeah. on the other side. So, yeah, yeah that's your open book. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I What is that blog so that people can... If, sprinkle Fingers. Sprinkle Fingers. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Just Google Sprinkle yeah. Fingers. Yeah. Sprinkle finger, sprinkle fingers, fingers. And you'll find it and you'll also find your hashtag or your... Uh, your Instagram? Base, your Instagram yeah. and your mm-hmm. Twitter. I don't know if you do yeah. Yeah, I don't do the Facebook. I quit Facebook. And how I did it was I added up how much time I was spending on Facebook every week mm-hmm. for a month. And then I was like, I could write a book with that time. <laughs> or I could I, do like I a million other that, things with that time. I have thought that so many times. It's yeah. an addiction. And yeah. then it's a business thing too. Yeah. But if I gave up uh, Facebook, um, I don't know how much more productive I'd be in my yeah. life. But it would have to. there would have to be some more pr- more productivity. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing is you can't just do it and then quit it and then not do anything with the time. Right? They had an app. There was an app that would add up how much time oh. you spent in the last 10 years. And mine was like weeks, weeks in yeah. the last of time yeah. doing this. But yeah. I don't know how they add that, whether you just leave the app open and leave your computer. But still, that's yeah. what I wanted to think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then it wouldn't be as bad. <laughs> it's bad. I don't, there's, no, there's no two ways. So... You don't have time for that now. You've got a child. You're raising yourself. Yeah. And you've got this. How is Quinn Candy doing? How How is it based on what you were projecting when you decided to go all full on with Quinn Candy? It's good. It is good. You know, we're still like this coming July will have been sort of official for two years. And so we're definitely in that kind of early stages of a business still. Compared to, you know, what I want. Because I, I, I don't want to just have a storefront in Union Way in Portland, Oregon. I want to sell candy everywhere, you know. So it's a lot different than having a retail bakery, which is something that you're, like, baking fresh stuff every morning and going into work and work in production and that kind of thing. So it's, a, it's because the product can go into a package and then can be shipped, there's a lot more time and effort spent on sort of the business side of things which is fun for me. You know, I like to, at this point, what I do now is I have um, basically a plan for from now, we I mean, you know, for like from this past Christmas through not this Memorial Day, but, but the following Memorial Day of everything we're going to make, every flavor that will be developed, when it will launch, when it will be in the store, when we'll start shipping it online and all that. So once you have that work kind of out of the way, and you know, it's basically a marketing plan, but once it's all done, then you have this time to try to figure out sales and how to push the brand a little bit further and who to collaborate with and you know if you do have time to develop a new candy with someone who kind of comes out of the woodwork who has you know another handmade product that would be great to incorporate into the candy then there's time to do it so just it's a completely it's a completely different thing but overall it's good it's good it's a great job to have i can't complain about that at all what do you uh, what do you like best what do you like least about it uh people <laughs> <laughs> so stay away. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it, it is. You know, after I, I noticed that. I'm sorry. I don't yeah, mean to interrupt you, yeah. but somewhere I, I think it's your your Instagram profile says, and I something about I like some people. some of the people that I've met. Yes, and I, that is so true. You, who can like? I'm everybody? just being honest. Yeah, I'm just being honest. You know, it's so can hard. can you just name all the people that? You, yeah, let me just like? start my list. I'll just actually email it to you later. Um, we it is hard to be a boss. Right. How many when, people are you a boss of? Oh, a small amount now. A small amount. Only like 14. That's not too small. No. I mean, that's small business, but it's... 
Yeah. It's, it's a um, lot of people to it's a lot. be and responsible for. What I like, and this is when I, you know, when we had St. Cupcake too, I felt like my job a lot of the time, especially when doing retail bakery, was that of the manager of expectations. And that, I mean, I felt like there were some days where all I did was manage the expectations of others, which is hard to do when you have what I feel like is a lot of other things to sort of give. And it's a funny thing. This is, you know, I am really hands-on in all the stuff that I do, and I like to make connections with the people that are working. But when there are things that come up that pull you away, when you need to spend time doing something else, then people are like, well, Jamie used to be here all the time, and now I never see her. And, I, yeah, I can't. That, those things are really hard because it's hard to sort of grow something. You can't grow something by, like, working at your retail store all day. And you mm. can't grow something by well, someone else sitting can at do a that desk. Yes. Better than you can. Yeah. May, maybe not no, better, but no, as well. No, you're exactly as. right. <laughs> well, that's way true. Better. Way, way better than me. Yeah, way better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, I think your challenge, I'm sure you've experienced it. So you want to sell everywhere. My first exposure to Quinn mm-hmm. was, uh, I think, at Pasta Works. I walked yeah, in there. and probably. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have the opportunity. Uh, the The challenge is you've got to explain your product a little bit to justify what is some people yeah. would think of as a pretty high price yeah. for. Yep. Uh, and I did. I didn't jump right off the bat. Yep. I thought, oh, uh, yeah. I'd like to taste that. See, that's why the store is a nice thing. You get to taste these yes. things. Yes. But it took me till I just actually was buying someone a gift. Mm-hmm. And bought, thought this would be, you know, a gift, you have a different price point. It's exactly. really interesting than what you'll spend yes, for yourself. yeah. Um, so I bought somebody, I think, blackberry, tangerine, gumdrops mm-hmm. or something. So let me get one of those for myself. And then from there, then I was sold yes. on the idea. And then I'm seeing you on Instagram as part of your marketing, talking about all the ingredients and why it's a value. But you don't get that chance when, at new seasons or... No, yeah. Right. works unless right. someone's there helping you. Exactly. That's and that's hard. That part is hard. And that's the thing that I think that when we first started, what I thought, like putting things in bags and sending it out, was that I wish I could go with it so that I could explain to people what they have here, you know, and that part of it is the part that requires the most work for sure. So yes. you're not spending money on advertising. No. Right? It's, no one does around here. No, no. Everybody does events. Everybody yeah. uh, samples here and there. But there's... Yeah. There's a lot of demos that, you know, do any good, go to do, yeah, obviously do events or, you know, uh, sponsor different events that are happening so, or parties and that kind of thing. Yeah. I come from a traditional advertising world mm-hmm. and I'm working in an industry where no one really believes in traditional advertising because of the vibe that it sends out, that it's too commercial. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would think you might benefit from that, from the ability to put copy Yes. Right? With yes. your product. Because you never, there's never copy there. There may right. be someone who can explain it while sampling, right. but there are other ways. And why is it that no one wants... Is it... You know, there there are vehicles to advertise in Portland. There are yeah. plenty of them. We're sitting at Alpha Media right sure. now. Uh, that's one of them. And um, But they're, you know, Portland Monthly. They're newspapers. I understand that people aren't reading them the way they used to. Right. But it gives you that opportunity. Why is that? You know, we seek out advertising kind of in places where we know that our target market exists. So, and you know, now advertising comes in all different colors, right? So we can work with the Northwest Children's Theater for something. And that's a good audience for us because it's people who are taking their kids to see a play. Most likely they have a little bit of extra money to do, you know, whatever it is. But so it depends upon what's happening and how we kind of do it. But we don't, I don't buy print ads and we don't put like, you don't like work with Google to like optimize searches or do anything like that. And we haven't. And it just, I think that Portland is such a supportive place, especially for a restaurant where they're not necessarily trying to do much more than like get people to come into the restaurant here in Portland when they're visiting or, you know, people who live here already to come to dinner or lunch or whatever it is. I just, I don't know if there's necessarily a huge need for it, I guess, is the best way to say it. But the thing for us is that we're really fortunate in terms of press. Lots of people want to talk about the candy, and that's an amazing thing. So up until this point, we've had, you know, for two years, pretty much every month, some kind of great thing come out that, you know, is either about the candy or talks about me or whatever it is. So that's 
helpful. Yeah, that and that's work, and you can't always count on that, though. That never that can might, count on. Yeah, oh my god, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So then you know, it's also there's travel involved and like going out and taking the candy to, around to people and doing the food shows and stuff like when that. When you don't like people. I know it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, where? Uh, what do you have coming down the pike? You said you have the whole year planned, uh, year and a yeah. half of any yes. really interesting products that you're comfortable with. Well, we just with? released the uh, a rose flavor. gumdrop. We're making it with Union Wine. Just released a rose, and so we're making this rose gumdrop. That's their cool. wine, which is fun. We're doing um, a caramel this summer that is uh, chocolate malt and waffle cone. So oh. it's kind of like an ice cream cone. Is that a collaboration with anyone? It's just with myself. <laughs> um. I'm excited about that. We have, uh, you know, we have our holiday plans for this year kind of already locked in, which is exciting. So we're doing a couple of different powders, not like crazy gastronomy type powders, but these set of powders that make things. Taste different. Yeah, taste different or you can make stuff with it. So there's a chocolate one. and with I love your marshmallows. I haven't tried those yet. I want to put those in some coffee. Yeah, yes. So yeah, they look great. The coffee so marshmallows. Who are really some good. of the businesses you've collaborated with in Portland? Well, we have done things with, we do a lot with Union Wine, mm-hmm. like I just said. And then um, we, when we first started Quinn, we did a lot with Jacobs and Salt. And we worked with Be Local Honey. You know, the usual stuff. I still want to get something going with the people, with Marshalls, the hot sauce people. Yeah. And I have tried a couple of different times to use the sauce to make a candy. But there's always this garlicky undertone that is not appealing. So I'm still still working to get that. I'm sure they out. would be. They, oh, yeah, I love them. They're such wonderful people. They're amazing. Uh, with that in mind, I'm sure they can. the three of you yeah. creatively yeah. can put yes. that together. Yes. So where are you hanging in uh, Portland when you go out to eat? I know you have a son, so you probably don't. Yeah, there are certain types of places you go with him. But yeah. there are other places. Do you get to go out with your you're still hanging out with the, your girlfriend that you moved to Portland with? Yeah, we, uh, yes. she. <laughs> I see her all the time, which is, you know, hilarious. We like to go to Lovely's 50-50 pizza and ice cream. Which is which a is good, always, great spot. It is. It's a really, it's a good spot. My kid likes that place. He's kind of a, he's a good eater. So he, he likes, and he's, you know, super normal, very hilarious, pretty well behaved in public. So it's not like I have to like, can't go anywhere because I've got a kid, you know? <laughs> um, well, at the, like to, how old is he now? He's eight. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at eight, yeah, that's, you're getting out of that stage. Yeah. So. Second grade. He's, you know, got it together. Eight to enough. 12 is great. Man. I, I, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't mean that there <laughs> might be, there's a thun, there's a storm coming at 13, but eight to 12. <laughs> that's what I think about kids is basically they're like wild animals because you never know what you're going to get. Even upon like waking every day, mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to come out of that bedroom. You know, no idea. So, I just try to roll with it. But I like to go to Ava Jean's. That's where I like like with the with the with the lady lady posse a mm-hmm. lot. It's a nice place to to go. So between Lovely's Fifty Fifty and Ava Jean's, and you know, I do most of my coffee dates at Roman Candle, which I think is typical for most for most people. I like to eat at home a lot. I like to eat at home a lot. I didn't used to like to be at home. And it's because, you know, I'm in the process of a divorce right now. And going home was always like, I don't want to do it. But now I love to be at home. So that that is nice. And cook for yourself yeah. and your son. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Is there anything any uh, anything in particular that you love to make? Your favorite thing to make? I like to make breakfast. That's my favorite. Oh, like that's my, right. I wanted to ask you about what's the best breakfast you've ever had in your life? Does anything come to mind? Because you're, you're working on... Breakfast pop-ups, correct? Yeah. I, yes. Thanks for asking. Yeah. yeah, I am. I do. I do that. Um, uh, the best breakfast I ever had was at the Big Lynn Lodge in Little Switzerland, North Carolina. Oh, Little Switzerland, North Carolina. Yeah. Have you we ever been there? We a Little there? Switzerland in Oregon. No, okay. I haven't been okay, there. I've been up through various places in North Carolina, but yeah. I wouldn't know where that is. Yeah, it's a magical place. What was, what, what was the breakfast? Uh, Swedish pancakes. <laughs> Very nice. In Little Switzerland, North Carolina. I remember it. Like, I mean, that's the thing about food, right, is that no matter what age you are, I think everybody has really huge, strong memories that are connected to food and what they ate. And that's how I remember almost everything that I did when I was a kid, travel or, you know, very significant times with my parents. I remember what we ate. So, and I think that, that that's one of the things well, I like to your, do with Well, those are some candy. of your vivid memories, music, yes. food. Yes. Um, smells, yeah. too. Um, so you're just quickly, cause yeah. we need to, we, we could do this all day. Sure. Um, but, Project uh, breakfast. 
Project Breakfast, yeah. and that's in L.A. also, right? Yes. So where, where's the L.A. connection? How did that happen? Last year, I went to this summer camp for adults, which was supposed to be sort of a um, creative person's working weekend, but it just so happened to be at a summer camp in Big Bear, California. Uh, and it was a bunch of people who are entrepreneurs or creative types and that kind of thing who all, you know, 200 of us went to this camp for four days. And I met some ladies in my cabin who are, one is a um, private chef in L.A. and the other one is kind of like an event person. And we just hit it off. They were these amazingly interesting people and I wanted to do more with them. So we, I have had this idea for this thing called Project Breakfast in my head for a long time because one of the things that I don't like about my job is that I don't ever know who I'm connecting with in an authentic way. And I like the idea of coming together as a group, but when you come together as a group and no one makes an effort to have anyone really truly introduce someone to someone or like talk, like, you know, it's as simple as tell me what it feels like to be you right now, that kind of thing. I want to know that type of thing from people. I don't want to know what your job is and how many kids you have and, oh, your shoes are cute. I want to know what is going on in your life. Who are you? And what brought you right here to this moment? That's the type of stuff I want to know. So We should maybe do a podcast about that. Yeah. <laughs> what we're doing. I'm hoping, <laughs> Look, here I'm we are doing we it. To... Um, so the, and the, that Project Breakfast came about because I had been to a lot of meetings, and a lot of conferences where I left feeling like there was not a single person in that room who I would email or call after this experience. But why? Because there are probably some really cool ladies in there and we, you know, maybe could have worked on something together or figured out something. So Project Breakfast came about because I wanted to have that experience and share it with others. So... I called those ladies that I know down in California and said, I have this idea that I've been had in my head and you two might be perfect for it, where we bring a group of people, male or female, together. And I might know something about some of the people in the room and I might not, but I'll work my magic and get people talking. And, and you know, because it's weird because I don't actually like people. <laughs> but I love to get to know. It's a weird thing. So I, I'm a little like you. I don't love, you know, I'm right. trying to separate myself from yes. the world. And I do. And then you look at, my Portland food adventures yeah. and I'm people right. are walking in and I'm hosting. Right. I, you know, I've looked at myself through others, maybe through others eyes. And I thought that's not, I never thought of myself that way. So the same thing, There's you're experiencing the it. same thing, but when you're, when you're in your yeah. environment that it. you're controlling, yeah. it's a little, it's a little better. Yes. Yeah. Not that I, you know, but that's very, so it's going on in Portland and Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah. And how often are they? It, we're doing a, our next one is in June in LA. We're doing it in partnership with Darling Magazine. So I'm going to host a workshop with Darling Magazine and then uh, do a couple of roundtable discussions about, um, you know, life and what it's like to be like nearly 40 and a kid and a job that you love and how to do it, you know, that kind of thing. And then we'll do a project breakfast there. That's cool. So, yeah. you know, my opinion is the 40s are the best. I'm so excited. So you've got the best in yeah. front of you. Um, I think everybody's different, but I think the forties are awesome. Yeah, I'm I think you're really going to be, they're really going to pop yeah. for you. One more thing. What's yeah. the name of that camp? I know someone over here with, to my left is going to be real, is going to want to know that because she's a summer camp person. So adult summer camp for Heather Jones. Really? Yes. It's so fun. It's <laughs> called the unique camp is what it's called. And they have a huge social media, uh, thing. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. So maybe they'll share this too. That sure. would be cool. Sure. There, it was, I mean, you know. 100% completely worthwhile. The food was horrible, but the rest of it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, well, you don't want to get to, okay. Why, what was, was it like cafeteria food? Like, school, well, you know, I'm like certain, camp food. It well, should be. Yeah. Why so, should it be like, great? We got there the first day and lunch was chili dogs and watermelon. And yeah. I thought, this is the greatest place on earth. This is exactly what I want to eat, right? And then like three days into it, there were fried oyster po'boys. And I thought, well, I'm in. They didn't Big execute them very well? Yeah. <laughs> in the mountains. I don't think I'm going to eat this. You know, it, it, yeah. So it just, and I know obviously the camp has probably a contract with the YMCA because it's a YMCA boys camp. And so they probably don't really have many choices. But yeah. I don't think the food should be good at a You're camp. You're so funny. You're so funny. I, I, was, I, I was so mad that I didn't bring food with me. And I brought one bag of candy, and it was like rationing it out to like, you that's know. That's all you brought? Can you believe everybody? it? I know, I know. So that's a tough thing. You know, <laughs> um, I'm sure that everybody expects that when you show up somewhere, you're going to be sprinkling 
candy. Mm -hmm. That's got to be tough because if you did that with everybody that you know, you'd go broke. Yeah. Um, I like to uh, do like do small surprises of candy, not like massive. I don't usually carry well, any with me. Well, the beautiful thing is you only need a couple to yeah. say, hey, this is awesome. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't usually carry any with me, but I'm also the type that I don't even remember to bring business cards anywhere. I yeah, know. well, I'm, so, you and I are in the same boat. Um, and when you try, here's the thing about your candy, just to go back a little, okay. I'm going to do a little selling for you uh, for clean you. candy. Thank you. Um, what is this, like seven, $7 for how many pieces? Well, 10 It depends. We just lowered all of our prices. I right. don't know if you know that. So it's like, okay. you know, between 6 Six and twelve dollars. Well, here's the thing: if you're not a if you're not a teenager, mm -hmm. and you just have one or two a day yeah. that lasts you a week, yeah. that's seven bucks just to have some pleasure, to have something to look forward to, yes. and pop it in. And um, thank you, just awesome. So I, I've really enjoyed it, and I thank look you. forward to trying more. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate your coming. This was really fun. I, we could we could do. Here. We could do a couple more of these because we didn't cover anywhere near as much as I really thought we were going to oh, cover. Oh, I'm long-winded. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, not a, that's I. We were going in different directions, but I think we got to know you oh a little better. We didn't necessarily talk about making candy, which is not what we do here. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Do you it's ever easy. Have, do you ever allow people to come in and make it with you? Yeah, we as do. A, as a we little do. camp experience. We do. Yes. Um. And we, you know have this thing called factory Fridays now where you can come by and buy candy at the factory and kind of peek in and see what's going on. So you can at least see what we're doing. Um, and I teach, where is that? Uh, it's on the corner of second and Taylor in Southeast. Okay. Yeah. Fridays from when to 11 when? to three, 11 to three. Yeah. Cool to know. Yeah. And I, you know, we teach from time to time classes and we'll do like a side by side candy comparison. Like you mentioned the thing that I had on Instagram where you talk about the ingredients. So we'll put like, mass-produced candy next to ours and do like a side-by-side -side taste comparison and talk about the ingredients and what, what makes it different and the method that we use to make the stuff that we, you know, all that. So do that. And then I teach, which I like to teach. I like to have people come in and like do a lollipop class and stuff like that. So we, yeah, we do it. We do it from time to time. We always list it on the website when something's coming up. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank Appreciate you. it. We le I learned a lot. So I hope everybody else did, I'm sure. Thanks for having me. Right the Fork is recorded in the beautiful studios at Alpha Media and expertly sound engineered by Court Johnson and produced by me, Heather Jones. If you want to find us, we are on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. We love ratings and reviews, so thank you to those who have done that, and please, we hope you'll continue to do so. You can find us at portlandfoodanddrink.com and portlandfoodadventures.com and, of course, rightatthefork.com discoverportland.net and now at foodcartsportland.com. Lots of great places to find us. We're also on Twitter, Food Podcast PDX, and of course, Facebook as well. Also on our website, we now have a donate button. So if you enjoy the podcast and want to see it continue, please donate and thank you so much. <laughs>